0: Hey everybody, this is Jackson from Way at the End. I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, this is the first episode we recorded in what is going to be our typical setup, which is uh, Adeline and I being on opposite sides of the state uh, talking over a video chat. And we did end up having uh, a handful of technical difficulties while recording, so uh, there might be a little bit more dead air than you're used to in this episode, Um, but we believe we have solved the problem and it should be... A-OK for the next one. So in the meantime, just bear with us for this one. And here is the episode. There's still some good stuff in it. I recommend you still listen. Hello, I'm Jackson McMurray.
1: And I'm Adeline McMurray.
0: And this is No Nerds Allowed.
1: There are no nerds allowed.
0: The last couple times I did this, I had, like, a little bit of audio of us kind of goofing around happening underneath the music. I don't know if that's a dangerous precedent to set though, because I don't know if we'll always
2: Around. <laughs> like jump around.
0: <laughs> goof, goof, goof around. Goof.
1: <laughs> we could just always just do two way asthma again. That was good. That was a good bit that was lost to time.
0: <laughs> so okay. I just want to inform you and our enraptured radio audience that uh, as of yesterday this morning sorry, let me start over as of yesterday morning um, I have the coolest apartment in the world do you want to know why? why? because uh, in the field outside my window there are suddenly about 20 cows (laughs) I don't know where they came from or why they're there are they like... uh, but there's a big, what I assume to be like an empty lot next to my apartment building, uh, but it turns out it's actually somebody's farmland, I guess. Are they and like now fenced in, or can they like my run my into window. your house? No, they're fenced in for sure. But I can look at cows whenever I want.
1: That's good. Do you, can you smell cows whenever you want?
0: Uh, not yet. They have not been here for very long. Okay.
1: I, mm, that's a ticking time bomb. <laughs> it's only <laughs> so long until like you smell cows.
0: Yeah, until they penetrate my apartment. Do you have anything else to say about the cows?
1: Um, have you named any of them? Are they cute?
0: Um, they're all black. And they're all about the same size. Uh, and there's absolutely no way I could ever tell them apart.
1: And they're all made of shadows.
0: They're named... Stephen. All of them are named Steven.
1: Are they a hive mind?
0: Uh, they could be. I haven't asked.
1: You're forcing them into a hive mind. <laughs> <You're> racially stereotypical <laughs> I'm treating them, them as if a they're hive a hive mind. mind. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, what movie did we do this week? Uh,
0: this week, okay. Well, we did Across the Universe, but I feel like you should be the one to introduce it because you were the one who picked it out.
1: Okay. So we watched. <clears throat> uh, we watched Across the Universe in my film class. And, to be fair, when you watch a movie in a film class, you watch it in chunks. So when you watch a movie in chunks, you really analyze those chunks. And I really liked it. First of all, it's got a female director, whose name I don't remember right now. We can edit that in later. (laughs) Um, Oh, hold on,
0: I'll look it up real quick.
1: But I don't remember her name, but she's famous for doing stuff in plays, and she's really good with, like, masks and stuff. Like, she's famous for The Lion King. On Broadway, with all of the costumes and masks and stuff, so that's just, like, her whole jam. And you can Julie see a Tamor. lot of elements of that in this movie. What, Jackson?
0: Julie Taymor. Julie Taymor, She also directed right. the Frida Kahlo biopic from yeah. a few years ago.
1: So she's really cool, and she did this movie. And this movie was also really interesting because it's a musical, but all of the music is covers of Beatles songs. But it's not about the Beatles. It's a totally separate story. They just use these covers of Beatle musics to tell a story. And I thought that was really cool and creative. And so we watched cool, this cool, class cool. in my film class, and I thought it was really interesting and cool. And it's not the perfect movie, but I thought there were some really cool <laughs> parts about it and some kind of bad parts about it, so I thought it'd be cool to have a conversation about
0: it. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was only a matter of time before we did a movie on this podcast that I... Kinda super didn't like, so...
2: I like I guess this we, movie!
0: It had to happen one way or another. We can get into it in a minute. Um, I guess what I think about this movie is basically just that, like, as a series of music videos, I think it's super dope. Yeah. As a continuing narrative that I'm expected to have any fucking clue what's going on at any point in the whole story, it just kinda makes me want to die.
1: I get that a little bit. I do have that written down several times in my notes, that this movie definitely sacrifices being a movie and telling a story for the sake of art. And the art that they are doing is really, really cool. But they're still sacrificing the story and the movie in order to do it. So, like, is it good art if it's ruining what we're doing?
0: Yeah, I'm glad that we're at least a little bit on the same page on that front. Yeah. So, okay, the first thing I have written down is, like, that very opening moment with Helter Skelter, where, like, the waves are turning into newspaper. That was very cool. There's a lot of, like, shots and bits that I have written down here that are just, like, oh, that was good, that was cool, I like that. Because there are, there are a lot of, like, shots and bits and little pieces of this movie that are really, like, visually interesting.
1: I have to Um, say, I think the, like... Very, very opening is probably my least favorite part of this whole movie, where Jude starts singing before *Helter Skelter* comes in, because they just kind of like throw you in. They're like, "We're singing now. It's Beatles music. Look at this English boy. We're going." Like I don't know. I
0: literally, I literally do not remember that at all. What song does he sing? Uh,
1: I don't remember. It's like uh... he's singing about Lucy, and he's like, "Tell you story about a girl." (laughs) <laughs> and then Helter okay, Skelter right, starts yeah. playing It's a Beatles song, it's one of those bad yeah. Beatles songs That you don't that's remember
0: That's the thing is that they pick Yeah, they pick a whole bunch of shitty Beatles songs To put in right at the beginning Before they give you the good stuff later on
1: Yeah I mean <laughs> Listen, if they don't use the <laughs> shitty Beatles music No one is going to <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, so do you have much of a relationship with the Beatles, Adeline?
1: I mean, not more than every average person on the planet does Like, I know their right. music my my long-standing opinion about the Beatles is that the songs that they the songs that the Beatles have that are famous are famous because they're really really good, and then the rest of them are not famous because they're not that great.
0: <laughs> I this movie kind of made me realize that like in my head I'm like oh yeah I love the Beatles I'm super into the Beatles but what that actually means is that I'm really into like their last four albums. And everything before that, it's like, I have absolutely no idea. I kind of <laughs> like, like listened...
1: their older stuff a little bit. I don't know. I like Paperback Writer and right. no other examples.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, because I, I love Abbey Road. Abbey Road is, like, one of my favorite albums. And it's better than Sgt. Pepper, don't at me. Okay. But, uh, and the White Album is cool, and Let It Be is cool. And... You know, Magical Mystery Tour, also. I'm into all those albums. But outside of that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't actually know anything really about the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, But the... So, okay. My biggest, like, okay, what's the deal with this movie? Like, my first moment where I was like, okay, I feel like this is gonna kind of go crazy pretty quick here, was the scene right near the beginning, after they've established our two main characters... When they're like, here's Prudence, and she has a crush on a cheerleader, and she's walking across a football field and gets on a bus. Mm -hmm. And it's a very pretty sequence, like that whole thing where she's like walking in slow motion but still lip syncing with the song. It's super cool. Super cool. Love that scene visually. However... I have no idea who this girl is. I have no idea what this girl's doing. I have no idea why I should care about this girl.
1: I actually have that written down. I just have, all I have written down is, I'm a lesbian, I have to run away. That's all I have written down. (laughs) That's all you know about Brutus. That's all that
0: we know. And yeah, there's something that I kind of appreciate about this movie, uh, in the sense that it's very easy to remember the character names, because you kind of roll your eyes at all of them.
1: It took me because forever of, to figure out what Jojo's name was, but it's because they kept calling him nicknames. So I was like, "Who? Oh yeah. Who, what is his name?" And then they were like, "It's Jojo." And I was like, "Oh, I thought, I thought that was a nickname."
0: And by the way, this is my number one biggest beef with this whole movie. If they're gonna make a Beatles musical and name one of the characters Max, he has to kill somebody with a hammer. If you don't do that, what's even the <laughs> fucking point of this whole thing? I'm so angry I about mean, the fact that they didn't actually lean into Maxwell's Silverhammer, the best Beatles song.
1: I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I do not know I did that. <laughs> uh, going back to going through this movie chronologically, I love how they set up the movie with the parallels of Lucy's, like, perfect 50s life, and then uh, Jude's, like, totally English, adults weird poor life, so you have this, like, total dichotomy of their two lives are so different, and then because you set them up as polar opposites throughout the movie, you see how they kind of change and develop into being more similar, but, like, those parallels are continued, continued throughout, like, the first half of the movie, and I think they're really cool.
0: So, uh, yeah, and I mean, I guess it's just, like, basically... There are three characters in the whole movie that like the plot line makes sense to me. yeah, and they're like the two leads and Sadie the landlord. yeah all feel like they were introduced in a way that makes sense to the plot. And like every other figure in this movie is just there for their name to be a reference to be a Beatles song and like I, I can't I can't figure out what else' I mean, supposed yeah. to be.
1: I mean, Max is just kind of adjacent to Jude and Lucy, so he's fine.
0: Oh, yeah, Max is fine, too. Sorry, I should have said Max.
1: Yeah, Prudence is... She doesn't really do anything to the plot other than give them excuse to sing Dear Prudence. Um. Yeah.
0: And then, okay, this is later in the movie, but just while we're talking about Prudence and how she doesn't do anything in this movie... Yeah. (laughs) The next time we see Prudence after she gets on that bus... Is her just fucking climbing into the window of their apartment? And they're just like, who's that? And then one of them is like, she came in through the bathroom window! And then, like, cut to the next scene.
1: I mean, yeah. What do you want? I don't know. How else is she gonna Uh... meet the gang?
0: (laughs) She came in through the bathroom window is a Beatles song, also, by the way. Yeah. There are a lot of lines like that in this movie. Where, like, even if you don't know that it's a reference to a Beatles song, you can tell it's a reference to the Beatles song because they'll just, like, say a phrase that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. For almost no reason. You came in. And, like, almost wink at the camera.
1: (laughs) Well, so. I think this is the first movie I've ever seen where a kettle coming to boil has not been used as a sign of rising tension.
0: <laughs> That's right. I do, rem- I do remember thinking yeah, about that. Yeah, because there's a scene happens. where
1: he's packing to go to America, and then the kettle goes off, his mom gets to get it, and I was like, oh, he's going to storm out of the house or something, <laughs> and he just like goes downstairs and do some things. I don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> like, it's <was> the first <laughs> yeah. time I've ever seen that. Let's see.
0: Oh, it took me forever to figure out what Max and Lucy's relationship was. What? There was a hot second when I thought that the blonde girl at the beginning, whose boyfriend went to war, and the blonde girl later who was hanging out with Max were two different people. Oh. Because I, th- it seemed like she was in a relationship with Max at the very first, it does. and I was like, oh,
2: it's that's weird.
0: Am I thinking of someone different?
2: It's
1: because they don't give the boyfriend who dies a name, and so yeah, I remember the first time I watched the movie. This was my second time watching the movie. First time I watched the movie. I thought Max was the guy who went to war. And so then I was confused, because <laughs> right, yeah. I was like, why is he at college? But then once you figure out that Max and the boyfriend who died are different characters, then you're like, oh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Could have just named yeah, the guy who died.
0: Right, no, and they, because they do that really weird thing where she, like, looks at the kid who went to war's picture in her locker, and she's like, it'll only be... A, a few days now, or something like that. Yeah. And then they immediately cut to her like running out and hugging her brother in the parking lot in front of his convertible, yeah, which that's is like true. textbook fifties boy home from war yeah. shot. Uh, and I don't know, it's just very misleading.
1: It is. That's such a weird trope in film. I'm talking about when he goes to see his dad, and he's like, "I think I'm your son," and he's like, "No, you're not my son." And he's like, says his mom's name, and she's like, oh, crap, you are my son. Like, why does that always happen, where someone's like, hey, I'm your son, and they're like, no, you're not. And they're like, well, what about the girl that you had a bunch of sex with? And they're like, oh, I did have a bunch of sex. It's like, yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I
1: did have sex with a bunch of women. I forgot. You are my son. I found you. (laughs)
0: That scene cracks me up too because it's this super contrived, like awkward scene that they use to push the like scene along, and mm-hmm. it feels really bad to watch. And they couldn't even shoehorn any Beatles references into yeah. it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: it's just like this weird scene because like the only reason that whole thing happens is so he could be at Cambridge or wherever he is.
2: Yeah,
0: Princeton. I uh, think so. <laughs> and it's just like okay. <laughs> okay. the janitor's is dead.
1: I guess the next thing that I've down is that I really enjoy the covers of the songs. They're actually, like, really, really nice and good, and I enjoy listening to them. Yeah. Uh, and... The whole group of boys that i sing, I get Bible help from my friends. We that never see any of them ever again. <laughs> they... It's kind
0: of like in Power Rangers at the very beginning where there's that other kid who jerks off the cow. And yeah. you're like, why don't we get to see that kid anymore? It's like,
1: no, those kids vanished into the void. We're never seeing them again.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know. I didn't
0: mind the covers. I just felt like a lot of them were missing some energy, I guess. I don't know. Like, a good example is when Sadie sings Oh Darling, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, Paul McCartney singing Oh Darling is, like, it's super high, and he's super loud, and he's, like, going totally crazy on this song, and, like, I had a friend in high school who was super into the Beatles, so I know a lot of Beatles lore secondhand, (laughs) but apparently, like, Paul McCartney singing that song, like, he, like, practiced it for so long to get his voice to sound just right, and he wanted his voice to sound all rough, like he was had been on tour for a really long time, you know. Um, and then when that woman sings it, it's just like perfectly in her range. She's just like, Oh darling and you're like, Oh. This isn't really
1: You wanna try this the, is really the You same. wanna try to hit that note again?
0: I did. Oh darling. Those are the notes.
1: Okay, sure.
0: <laughs> I mean maybe it's the wrong key, but you don't even know the song, Adeline. Yeah,
1: I do know the song. Everybody knows Oh Darling.
0: Whatever. Oh darling, <laughs> please believe me. I never do you no harm.
1: No, keep going. Nobody
0: keep going. Yeah. Okay. Believe me when I tell you <laughs> i make it but, okay so alone. for
2: reference you keep
1: cutting in and out on discord for me so i heard oh darling <laughs> 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 okay um what's the next thing uh i hate the introduction to lucy and she's a character i don't mind she's fine i don't know she's vanilla but when you introduce her and she's like, Hey, we invited you over for Thanksgiving and she's like, Oh yeah, when we invited all the Native Americans over and then repaid them by slaughtering them I literally just wrote down, She's woke, TM like
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. She's woke, that's how you know she's gonna be in a protest later.
1: But then she like turns around and in the next scene where he's like, Oh, I didn't have an education, we didn't talk about money, blah blah blah, I'm poor and from England. She's like, oh, really, that's so weird, because our family's so normal. And I was like, bitch, you just, <laughs> you can't be woke and then also shit on poor people. You have to pick one.
0: <laughs> was what you're talking about before or after we get that come together sequence where we meet Jojo?
1: Uh, I'm at Thanksgiving right now, so that's before Jojo, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Here's a big point for me. Yeah. Can we briefly talk about that civil rights montage set to Let It Be?
1: What was wrong with that?
0: Um, just, like, the fact that they're showing, like, a whole bunch of young black people being killed by law enforcement set to a song which whose message is, just chill out, it'll figure itself out.
1: Well, no, I think it it's more... Okay, first of all... <laughs> <laughs> I took it more... It's because they're singing it at the funeral, I think it's more... I don't know, at a funeral, you're not gonna be like, let's go fight, you're at a funeral. Right. I guess. <laughs> and also, before that, the little boy is the one who starts singing it, who's the one who dies. So I think it's more that he wants everything. It's more like a wish. Like, we wish that if we just did nothing, everything would be okay. So it's not... Right. It's like, if I... I'm a child and I'm scared, so I hope that if I do nothing, everything will be okay if I just live. Okay, it be.
0: okay. I guess just like my biggest beef, like conceptually with this movie,
2: mm-hmm.
0: is that uh, Beatles songs don't really lend themselves very well to complicated and nuanced issues. Yeah. <laughs> like, Beatles songs are all like. It's gonna be alright, and it's that very, like, 60s thing. And, you know, they were writing these songs in response to violence and war and whatever, whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: But it was more of an escapism thing than it was actually, like...
2: A response.
0: Yeah, commenting on it. So it was just like, everything's chill, and we're all cool, and everything's great, was, like, just kind of the vibe of most Beatles songs. Yeah. And trying to take those songs and put them in a backdrop of, like protests and war and dealing with complicated questions about violence and racial tensions is like, this just doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Because this song doesn't really mean anything, and you're trying to make it mean something I don't think it it does.
1: I'm not gonna lie, though, that funeral scene freaking got me, like, twice both times. Yeah?
0: It was like, did you ever watch the Lindsay Ellis video about Rent? No. Okay. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's just like a video essay where she talks about Rent. Uh, but she fucking brutalizes that movie. Uh, and basically her whole, you know, it's all this stuff about, like, pseudo-activism and, you know, profiting off of, like, real tragedies that happened in this, like, really lazy way and blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, because Rent, uh, Rent is all about the AIDS crisis. Um, and this just kind of almost felt like the same thing, like, not really saying anything, about anything, but just, like, wanting to pretend like they were. You should check out that video. I've never seen a harsher
2: criticism
0: of a movie, maybe, in my whole life. Like, not in the sense that she, like, gets angry or yells or anything. It's just, like, she, like, systematically destroys that movie, like, piece by piece. It's so good.
1: We watched a little bit of the pre-production in my film class, and what they were trying to do is that they weren't... They weren't trying to just, like, tell a story about the 60s. Like, they didn't want it to be, like, a documentary. They were trying to just tell a story about now through the lens of the 60s, if that makes any sense. Like...
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Not It, it wasn't like, this is the 60s, this is what it was like. More like, we're telling a story using events that happened, trying to tell you something about today. Which right. I think made it better for me, because I wasn't like, oh, this is a thing that happened. It's like, no, they're just trying to tell a story in whatever form that takes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to talk about the bowling scene on for the Thanksgiving thing. First right. of all, why is this bowling alley packed on Thanksgiving?
0: Because <laughs> all these other kids also hate their families.
2: They, they all just ran, need to get away. They want to, to get away.
0: away, they want to fly away.
1: But that whole Bowling Alley scene is so cool with, like, the camera stuff they do and the choreography and the lighting. Like, that whole scene is awesome as hell.
0: Yeah, and, I don't know, that's the thing about this movie. Like, I'm gonna rip on it, like, all through this whole podcast, probably. But (laughs) that doesn't change the fact that, like, the sequence, the come-together sequence, the uh, Strawberry Fields Forever sequence, the I Want You, She's So Heavy sequence... Are, like the coolest shit in the world mm-hmm. like the the music video portions of this movie are radical and I would love them so much if they just existed on their own in these like little two minute segments mm-hmm. of like music videos for Beatles songs because they're so cool and I really like them but mm-hmm. like it's just the the trouble comes in making it a whole thing <laughs> you know yeah what song are they singing in that sequence
1: in the bowling sequence
0: Yeah, it's the
1: I am falling. I'm falling.
0: Maybe I just don't know that song. You might not. (laughs) It's not. I no because Prudence sings. I want to hold your hand.
1: Yeah. The this movie is also really paced weird, where I feel like it Mm -hmm. takes a lot of build up, and then a lot of things happen really, really quickly, and then the whole ending. It's just, like, nothing. Like, after he gets (laughs) deported, it's, like, nothing. Yeah. They sing on the (laughs) roof, and that's, like, it.
0: Right. And there's, I don't know, basically, let me look at my notes. Let me see what point it is where I'm just, like, um, I don't care anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, I get it.
0: Yeah, pretty much after he gets deported, it feels like they're building up to something and then, like, him getting deported seems like kind of the climax. And there's, like, half an hour of the movie still after that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. The, the,
2: what, the, the, the,
1: whoa. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, that whole weird, like, half second where the people that Lucy's working with get too radical and build a bomb and then it blows up. Right. And then jude thinks that she blew herself up but then we immediately like literally they don't even give you a second to think that she died they just immediately tell you that she didn't
0: and i don't even remember like how does he respond to that like is there ever a moment where he's like
1: there's just a shot of him being sad on the beach and that's it
0: and then but then when does he meet her again
1: when they go back to america so i don't even think he believes that she blew herself up we're led to think that, but then the next scene is him going back to America after he has that weird psychic link with Max.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, anyway. I... What's my next thing? Oh, so, okay, we're kind of bouncing around, but the next thing I have written down in my notes is there's that shot at the beginning of Come Together where Jojo is walking, like, amidst a whole bunch of, like, white men in business suits. Yeah, and there's that like stereotypical like New York City shot where you can just see like the sea of people, and your one guy is kind of in the middle.
2: Yeah. But
0: then they all like kind of step to the left and step to the right in this really choreographed way. Yeah. And he stays still, and that's the coolest shot in the fucking world.
2: Yeah. That it's is really like
0: cool. one of my all time favorite shots ever. I think because I was just I don't know I thought that was awesome. That was like the coolest thing in the world to me.
1: No, the choreographer for this movie is actually really cool. He was in the behind the scenes videos that we watched, and he was just like. Really cool. He said, like, before they even started filming, like, months before, he just, like, sat down and planned out the whole I want you sequence, and then, like, didn't change yeah. anything, and then just filmed it. And he was like, that's the most right. proud I've ever been of a choreography thing, ever.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, and that's the next thing I have written down, is that the whole draft sequence kicks ass. Uh, because that's also probably my favorite Beatles song I really like. I want you. parenthetical. Yeah. She's so heavy. Yeah. Uh. And that whole sequence, like I said, like, all the little music videos in this are incredible. Like, I think they're so cool.
2: hmm
1: I think my least favorite little mu- music video segment is Mr. Kite. Because the rest of the segments, you can kind of, like, loosely, like, the rest of them at least have something to do with the story. You can at least kind right. of, like, mm-hmm. see where they were going with the story in these music videos. Mr. Kite just kind of, like, stops everything to give yeah, you this cool little thing. And what they do is really cool and really artistic. But then yeah. it's also, like, so outside of reality of everything that we've set yeah. up.
2: It
0: totally breaks your, like, suspension of disbelief for the whole movie. Disbelief, like, yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well, we're doing this now, it's animated. this is
1: right after the drug bus. So it's like, oh, is this a part of a drug trip? Because Lucy's acting really weird before they go in there. She's like, can you hear the music? We are all or you are whatever. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So you think, oh, this is just part of the drug trip. But then they like meet Prudence at the carnival. So that means that it's happening in reality. And it's like, (laughs) okay, what the hell is happening?
0: Okay, the next thing I have written down is why is Prudence locked in the closet besides the obvious reason?
1: Oh, I literally didn't get that until just this
2: moment. (laughs) (laughs) That's so stupid.
0: yeah, I know. It's dumb. It's a dumb metaphor. But, like, logistically, why was she locked in the closet? When they sang Dear Prudence and they were like, It's
2: because she was come sad out. because Sadie
1: is in love with JoJo and she thinks Sadie's hot. I mean, she's so just So she sad. locked herself
0: in the closet? Yeah. She got too sad? Yeah. Okay. I guess.
1: Also, okay. This is a little bit before that. But when Lucy and Jude first, like, get together there's a thing where they're on the dogs and that cop's like, hey, you two, scram! This is public property! It's like, what the hell? <laughs> and he's like, you want me to come down there? And he's like, yeah, you'll scuff up your boots! And then they, like, chase each other? That scene was so stupid.
0: Just like... <coughs> round, 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 <laughs> That's
1: what it was. I can't do the New York accent as bad as the cop did it. It was so funny. <laughs>
0: And then, I also just appreciate that he draws a picture of, uh, Lucy using a a burnt stick on a wall, and then it's still there, like, four years later.
1: Okay, how- this whole movie has to be over a span of, like, two, three years, like, tops, right? Sure, yeah. Because when he gets- because all the actors look the same, but, like, when he gets back to Liverpool, when he gets deported- And his old girlfriend is, like, 40 and has a child and is married. It's like, what the (laughs) hell happened to her? You look the same. It's been, like, a year. Right. And she's like, when did you get married? And she's like, two weeks after you stopped writing. It's like, okay, so two weeks ago? Like, what? (laughs) She's got, like, her hair tied back. Like, what? (laughs) Like, they just, like, slap you with it. They're like, she's old now. You took the life out of her, Jude. She's
0: wearing reading glasses to show that time has passed. Now the next thing I have written down is just, uh, is that Bono? It is uh, Bono. It was Bono.
1: It was. I I looked
0: it up and it was for sure Bono. I was like, cool, Bono's in this movie for like forty five seconds,
1: and I hate Bono as that character. <laughs> <laughs> I get that I you wanted don't... Bono to sing "I Am the Walrus." I get it. That character didn't need to be in this movie, and I hate it. (laughs)
2: Like,
0: that whole, like, drug bus sequence, I just don't get it. Like, I feel like the plot is, like, moving towards something really specific. I
1: think
2: it was just And then they're like, like, we're gonna get
0: on this bus! And you're like, oh, okay, what's that? It's like, I don't know, we're gonna go visit this guy, and it's all about drugs, and then we're gonna come back as if nothing ever happened. It's like this whole, like, 20-minute aside that is, like, totally separate from the rest of the movie. Yeah.
1: I think it was supposed to be, like, their last bit of, like, happiness before Max went to war. Because after that whole weird drug scene, the next shot is the helicopter going over Max and him being deported. Or not right. deported, sent to, uh, sent to war. So, uh-huh. like, I get that's what it was, but it was really long and weird and just weird.
0: I really like... <laughs> I really like the next note that I have written down, which is, and I quote... I'm so beyond lost, and I hate this fucking clown guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that whole Mr. Kite sequence is really cool. It just stops the whole entire movie to show you this cool cool clown guy. As cool as it is. And then, this is when I
0: made the connection... I'm going to interrupt
1: you, because it's like, Strawberry Fields is super, super cool. That whole sequence is awesome, but Mm -hmm. like... It continues the story It tells you where Jude is emotionally It tells you where Max is emotionally It tells you where Lucy is emotionally Like they're doing something with the music and with the art at the same time In order to further the story But with Mr. Kite they just stop everything And they're like look at these weird people Anyway (laughs) Vietnam And it's like okay well you gotta You gotta still do something with Mr. Kite You can't just be like he's here Isn't this a weird Beatles song Moving on (laughs)
0: Well, this is where I made the connection. I don't know, I'm not super familiar with the whole, like, story of the Beatles' career, but I think they were trying to do a thing where it, like, mimics the trajectory of their musical career, because, like, I mean, at first it's really breezy and, like, not much concerned with much, and then okay. they get into sort of, like, the, like, slightly more serious side, and they get super druggy and weird, That's and then right at the end... That's
1: what they're doing, because yeah. the first shot of this movie is at the place where the Beatles used to perform,
2: and then yeah. the last
1: shot of the movie is them performing on a uh, roof.
2: On the so I think
1: yeah. <laughs> they're maybe mimicking the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> just
0: maybe. Um... <laughs> I just have it written down, uh, when they sing something in The Way She Moves. In high school, my friends Willow and Sam had to, uh write a song or they had to do a project about like safety for their stagecraft class and they wrote a parody of something in the way she moves called something in the way she glues and I just that song is ruined for me forever because it was the funniest thing in the world and the first line was uh, something in the way she glues and she knows just how not to huff it and I just I will never get over that that's the funniest thing that anyone's (laughs) ever said
2: Cool. Okay. Alright,
1: the next thing that I have written down is, uh... Are you okay? Do you need...
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm okay.
1: (laughs) Just going down memory lane over here. I am. (laughs) Uh, Uh, the thing... So, 60s. Television was getting super big. Vietnam was the first war that people could, like, actively watch on television and could, like, mm-hmm. see the carnage and stuff. And so in my film class, we talked about it. there's that scene where Paco takes the... Delivers the TV to Lucy and Jude. And it's, like, not only was that the war getting into everybody's daily lives... And they even talked about that in the movie. He's, like, the war right. breast cresting in everybody's living room. But it's also bringing the war into their relationship. And it's like, Oh. Yeah.
0: How did you know the guy's name was Paco?
1: Uh, they say it once.
0: That's not a Beatles joke.
1: I don't think... His name's Paco. No one's named Paco.
0: Yeah, no one in the the Beatles catalog is named Paco.
1: No, I mean no one on the planet is named Paco.
0: (laughs) That's not true. It's a name.
1: It is. It's a bad one. Don't (laughs) at me, all Pacos.
0: (laughs) Oh... I couldn't figure out why JoJo was trying to take over the band, and why JoJo and Sadie were having a, a tiff. I don't. I couldn't figure out why that was happening.
1: Well, it's the rough plot is like Sadie's singing and she's getting more popular, and because the whole reason that they even meet uh, Bono is because that party is by her agent or not their agent, her hopeful record label guy. And right. so he's he even talks about it. She's like, I won't sign your record label because I have to talk about it with the boys. And he's like, No, you don't, because it's like she's thinking of going sing, going solo.
2: Oh. But okay. she's
1: not because she really likes JoJo as a hot piece and also as a guitarist. <laughs>
0: right.
1: But so then I think what happens the movie doesn't tell you. I think what happens <laughs> is that JoJo finds out that she's thinking of going single solo. And so that's when they have that big brawl on stage and that's what causes the split. But the movie doesn't tell you so. so the movie I don't doesn't know. tell you
0: that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and just like <laughs> the next thing I have written down is, God, there's so much left of this movie. Uh, oh, and then the next thing I have written down is the strawberry field sequence. Yes. Yeah,
2: which sorry, is like I, field don't field get, field. I don't
0: get I don't get the significance of strawberries specifically, but like that sequence is still, like, the raddest thing in the whole movie. Yeah. The bit where he sings Revolution and all the all the guys in that weird office
2: yeah, is like maybe
0: the... the most totally weird scene I've ever seen in my entire life. I had absolutely no clue what I was supposed to be thinking or feeling watching that, other than uncomfortable.
1: Okay, okay, okay. So, I only know this because I talked about it with the film class and watched this movie twice, but... okay. Uh, I'm about to lose it. Hold on. (laughs) The thought, not my temper. (laughs) I'm about to lose it! I'm about to rip
0: it all over this movie.
1: Oh, they have... Basically, they have that argument in the laundromat where she's like, we're not doing anything, Paco's super hot, you don't understand, or whatever the hell that conversation was about. They'll care about it when they stop dropping bombs here. And she goes back and... Uh, Jude is mad because they're starting to get radical and, like, being violent and stuff. Right. So when he's going to them, he's saying, like, don't you know it's going to be all right? He's kind of saying, like, stop being terrible. Stop being radical. Just let me do art. It's not a great scene, but that's what it means. Yeah,
0: just, it was just a a bad song to pick. Yeah. Because that song's so happy-sounding. And the guy, I like the guy in this. But, like, his performance in that scene was so weird, I had no idea what he was thinking or feeling. It was just like, I don't know, it was like just this weird, unquantifiable energy where I was just like, I'm, I don't like this at all. I have no idea what I'm supposed to be, being told right now.
1: (laughs) Just tell me what you want me to be told.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Can I just make a note? I can't remember the actor's name, uh, but that guy looks so much like Paul McCartney. Which actor? The main guy. Dude.
1: Oh, Um, it's Joe something. No, Max is Joe. It's Jim. It's Jim something. Jim Sturgis. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, that kid looks exactly like Paul McCartney. I don't know where they found him, but he looks exactly like Paul. Like Paul McCartney of the Beatles.
1: Yeah, he does look like Paul McCartney.
0: Um...
1: Also, the weirdest part about this movie is that you have your main characters, and their stories all make sense. And then you have minor characters, that so you kind of get why they're there in the story. And then they have, like, super, super minor characters that are just, like, there. <laughs> and they don't tell you their name or why they're there, and then they leave. Like, there's the whole squad who lives in the apartment, and there's, like, that black woman and the guy who looks like John Lennon, except he's kind of Asian. Ambiguously Asian. And, like, they don't matter. <laughs> they don't oh, come back. you mean back.
0: just, like, the crew? When they're, like, eating at the restaurant?
1: Yeah, like, they live with those people. They're not important, though. Oh, okay. Because in in the earlier scene, he's, like, talking to the black girl and playing with her hair and stuff, so it's like, these are characters, these are their friends. They don't matter to the plot at all, and I feel (laughs) like they should.
0: Uh, so, (laughs) my next note is that, like, Lucy, by the end of this movie, has turned into Timothy Chalamet's character in Lady Bird, where, like... Uh, Lady Bird will say something, and he'll be like, oh, Don't you know that in the last week alone, America's killed 400 people in Afghanistan? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. Don't you remember that in Lady Bird?
1: I don't. I the kind kid of... that she had sex with. I think I, like, blocked out the middle part of Lady Bird.
0: Okay, well, here's... <laughs> I'm going to recap that whole scene to you so you get the joke that I made. Ladybird uh, has a boyfriend, and she's like, I've never had sex, and he's like, that's okay, I've never had sex either, and, uh, he's super pretentious, and they have sex, and then he's like, actually, I have had sex before, and she's like, what, you lied to me? I'm so upset, and he's like, don't be upset, and she's like, I should be upset, and he's like, there are so many bigger things to care about in this world, don't you know that in Afghanistan, the military has killed a bunch of people today?
1: I do remember like, that I, scene
0: now yeah yeah see and then she is like I I, I can't be sad about this more than one thing can be sad at the same time and then she dumps his ass and she paints over the little his name that she wrote on her wall at the end and Lucas Hedges was gay all along <laughs> then she goes to college at the end and throws up on a guy and that's kind of the end of the movie spoiler alert Yeah, i just I, do a podcast about Lady Bird instead. Yeah, I like well, that just movie you in the middle
1: of a different podcast. <laughs> uh, the next and the last thing that I've written down, just for my notes, you could have more stuff, but just the last thing that I've written down is I like Max's I Fought in a War mustache <laughs> that he gets at the end of the movie. <laughs> right, yeah. That's it. That's all um, the opinions I have about the end of the movie. <laughs> it's so just, like, nothing.
0: Okay, everything else I've written down are, like, big picture judgments that I started making at the end of the movie that I already said. About how, like, Beatles lyrics don't do well with nuanced issues. And I like this movie as music videos, but not as a movie. Um, yeah, and then Sadie and JoJo get back together for the Rooftop concert for absolutely no reason. And I didn't know why they were fighting in the first place. And I also don't know why they got back together. So that's just whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I had. Everything else I had written down, I I kind of already said. Okay, who was the person who had the quote about... Like, a good story, if you're telling it, it shouldn't say, then this happened, it should be, this happened, so that this happened, or, um, let me, let me say this right.
1: You got it.
0: You shouldn't use then when telling a story, you should use so. Basically, what he's trying to say is, like, there should be a real cause and effects, not things just happening Yeah. like you should be saying this happened so this happened and because of that this happened you know it should have a a,
2: yeah.
0: a logical flow to it, it
2: should be if you're
0: saying this happened then this happened uh, and then this happened it means you're just putting things in because you want them to be in there um, and this movie is I think that might have been the South Park guys actually now that I'm thinking about it those two guys that do South Park oh, in Book of like Mormon them. and Team America <laughs> I can't remember their names anyway Point is that's a famous quote about storytelling, and yeah. uh, my my point is is that this movie was just like a bunch of Beatles songs connected by the word then.
1: Yeah, I think this will be a very good movie to get a five star quote from.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I could only about that.
1: imagine.
0: <laughs> you want a five star or do you want a one star?
1: I think a five star is going to be the funniest. I think one stars are just going to be artsy guys going. Ugh. I think a five star is going to be someone who names their son John Lennon Paul.
0: <laughs> this is my son, whose name's John Paul George Ringo McMurray.
2: Jorbo McHornty. <laughs> Why did he say
0: that? Why did you say that just then?
1: <laughs> There's, that's your son's name
0: <laughs> Jorbo McCorty?
1: McHornty? <laughs> Okay. i love you jorbo i love you papa <laughs>
0: that's gonna be my stage name
1: he has to have a cockney accent
0: oh yeah of course he will i'll raise him with a cockney accent yeah
1: <laughs> but papa you don't have an accent it's because
2: my well, name's like, not I, jorbo. Do. Well, I just
0: only use it at home it's my true accent and i hide it from others I'll be lying to him, he'll have deep trust issues for the rest of his life. Do you have anything else you want to say before we move on?
1: I mean, overall, this is not a bad movie. I think it does so well in its art and its production, and it's just, like, they do so much cool things with choreography and set design and character stuff and, like, just, like, music videos and art. They do such a good job with all that stuff. And then they tried to take all these different really cool pieces that they had and tried to put them together in a way that made sense. And I think they probably did the best job that they could, but it's just, like, not a very fluid movie. And I feel like, I don't know, it's probably the biggest downfall of it.
0: Right. It's just, like, this is a wonderfully directed worst script ever written. That's what it feels like to me.
1: I don't know who the screenwriter
0: was. Um, I can look it up. I can look it up so I can just, like, bash him right to his face.
1: Yeah, so you can yell at him.
0: It was written by Dick Clement and Ian... Excuse me. Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenius.
1: Dick Clement?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: That's got... That's bad.
0: <laughs> oh my, what's wrong with Dick Clement? It's
1: got such, like... I don't know. Something about Clement <laughs> and Dick <laughs> are not... <laughs> Good, combined.
0: <laughs> so yeah, um, Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenia, Lafrenius. It sounds like a French name, I don't know how to pronounce it, though. But anyway, they can go fuck themselves. I'm gonna look up, see if they have written any other movies that I like. Uh, they wrote Flushed Away.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Did they actually?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's That's the only other movie Together? Dick Clement did, anyway, I don't know about Ian. Oh, Okay. Ian. <laughs> Um, No, yeah, they both wrote Flushed Away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? How do you. This is, what? <laughs> Flushed Away in has away. a good script. This movie doesn't. <laughs>
0: There's a. I like Flushed Away. It's been a while since I've seen it.
1: Flushed Away's an okay uh, movie.
0: Are there a bunch of songs in Flushed Away? I remember he dances around to that Billy Idol song. Uh.
1: There's that opening scene where he's, like, playing with the dolls and whatever. And yeah, I,
0: yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: there's music playing. I haven't watched that movie since, like, 2007, so...
0: I'm and gonna I, go out on a limb and say it's probably still great.
1: you guys to say it's good. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Oh, we should do a review of Chicken Run!
0: No, why?
1: No, that movie's so good, I'll fight you!
0: You don't <laughs> I know, like I Chicken don't... Run? I do not like Chicken Run, I just don't know why we would do a review of it. <laughs>
1: Have to, they get in a big oven and they have to escape from being made into pies. And it, it took me like four oven? years to figure out if the villain was a man or a woman or not. And I'm still <laughs> a little iffy on it.
0: We could let's do Flushed Away next week.
1: I don't remember the plot of Flushed Away, so that'll probably well, yeah, we'll be watching be it. <laughs> I don't think it's on anything because it's a bad movie from 2006.
0: Okay, do you want to... Okay, let's just wrap this up. I don't think I, like I kind of hated this movie, but you really like it, and that's okay. Uh, and in addition to that, um, I guess that's all. That's all I have to say. I don't know. Like I said, I like it as music videos. If this movie were like 25 minutes long and just the songs, I'd be like, fuck yeah. So the thing I wanted to talk about uh, this week, just in terms of things that are great that I'm super into lately, uh, is I'm going to talk about Kirby music.
1: You going to talk about what?
0: I'm gonna talk about Kirby music.
1: Oh, I thought you I thought you said Kirby's dick, and I thought <laughs> you better not be. <laughs> That's not Kirby.
0: <laughs> yeah, it turns out the thing I wanted to talk about, I had this planned out for weeks in advance. So I was just super excited to talk about Kirby's dick on the podcast.
1: <laughs> we okay, we <laughs> I can't we can't We can't We can't Badmouth Kirby I'll leave
0: We're not badmouthing Kirby How do you know His dick's not great
1: Well don't slander Kirby By talking about His genitalia Leave him alone (laughs) Leave my son alone Okay
0: So this is partially Because recently Nintendo made a statement That was like We're not gonna Copyright strike Any of our stuff On YouTube anymore So that means That I can Freely um, Put some Kirby music In here If I want to without any worries of copyright infringement. (laughs) Um, But, like, I've just been on a really big video game music kick lately. And uh, Kirby music has such a, like, unique sound in the sense that it's, like, very fun and very cutesy, but it's also very, like, frantic at the same time. (laughs) Like, all the songs are very fast, and they've got, like, really fast drums going on in the background. Um, Most Kirby music is written by... It's a Japanese name, and I'm going to ruin it. A guy named uh, Jun Ishikawa, or Jun, J-U-N, Ishikawa. Um, And it's just really great. One of my favorites is, uh, we were listening to it the other day, but there's a song called uh, Butter Building from uh, Kirby's Adventure, which is just, like, it's, it's everything that a Kirby song should be to me in the sense that it's, like, frantic and exciting, but also, like, takes weird respites to be, like, swelling and beautiful, and it's just, it's a wonderful little piece of music, and I feel like it's kind of sad that video game music doesn't always get treated the same way that, like, all other music does, because, like, there's so much about it that's so good, and I really appreciate it so much. I'm going to take a second, and I'm going to play a little bit of... uh, about Castle Lololo?
1: Yeah, Castle Lololo. Lolo.
0: That's it from a different I'll play a little bit of it next to you. I love it. Okay, well, the second song that I want to talk about uh, is Marx's theme. Uh, he's like the final boss of Kirby Superstar on uh, the Super Nintendo. Uh, and he's got this theme that plays while you are fighting him that is truly just the most wild song I've ever heard <laughs> in my whole life. Um, because the time signature uh, changes every two or three days.
2: Sailor
1: Moon oh. uh, the original Sailor Moon anime that is, not the manga, I haven't read it not Sailor Moon Crystal, I haven't watched it, the original Sailor Moon anime So I, is there more than
0: one Sailor Moon TV show?
1: yeah, there. well first of all the first Sailor Moon TV show has 5 seasons and the first one has 90 episodes <laughs> and they get less and less, I think the smallest season has 35 episodes in it <laughs> but, I digress yeah, there's the original Sailor Moon anim- anime, it's just Sailor Moon. And then there was Sailor Moon Crystal, which is a reboot that came out I think in like the 2000s. That doesn't look as good. That's all the information I know about it because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> okay. watch it. But I've been watching the original Sailor Moon because I it's just I don't know, it's just something that I've seen in pop culture my whole life and had never really like checked out. And especially, I don't know, being like a girl nerd, I felt like I needed to at least like look at Sailor Moon, because it's such a huge part of girl nerd history. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about, though, right?
0: girl culture.
1: I mean, yeah, kind, a little bit. But yeah. so I checked it out. First of all, you gotta take Sailor Moon with a grain of salt, because it was made by Japan in the early, early 90s. So... The feminism, quote unquote, that they have in Sailor Moon is this weird kind of like quasi feminism. I like. I think the worst example of this is a, is an episode about like working out, and it's like work out and you'll or you'll get fat and boys won't like you. But at the same time, she learns not to work out because it's not healthy. But she only figures that out because the boy told her that he liked her the way she looked. So it's like these are it's both not problematic. To work out
0: is the message of the episode?
1: No, it was like don't okay, well first of all, that whole episode they're trying to tell you that Usagi, who's Sailor Moon, they keep trying to tell you that she's fat and she's not. Okay. It's just like several like problematic things layered on top of each other. It's <laughs> okay. just it's it's rough. But like you have to <laughs> but, take Sailor Moon with <laughs> a grain of salt and that's fine. They just need
0: to see it. I'm super confused. So by the end the stance they take is that working out is bad.
1: No, they it was saying, like, don't... It was basically, don't push yourself too hard, don't, like, be anorexic, don't worry about your weight oh, so okay. much. But at the exact same time, someone is telling Usagi that she's fat, so right, it's just, yeah, like, yeah. they don't even out, like, at all. <laughs> but that being said, I really, really love Sailor Moon. First of all, the art is just so nice. It's that, like, late 90s anime aesthetic, so it's got some kind of sketchy lines. You can tell that, like, there's pieces of animation that the money went into, and the pieces of animation that just got no budget, but, like, they're both, like, nice in their own ways. It's just really pretty to look
2: at.
0: I mean, it's, like, back when they were still doing traditional animation, yeah?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was talking they were still doing that. And, like, the colors are so pretty. Like, if you don't like anything about Sailor Moon or are not interested at all, I would watch it just to look at the colors. Like, the coloring and, like, the sketch lines and, like, just the way everything looks is so pretty and so nice. There's so many, like, pink and, like, bright colors that, like, work so well together without being saturated and gross. It's just so nice and relaxing to look at. Like, every show, so many anime TV shows have been influenced by the coloring of Sailor Moon and it's because it's so good. And, like, <laughs> everyone on the entire planet has parried, parodied the Sailor Moon transformation scene. But, like, it's <laughs> right. still dope as hell. <laughs> like, that's probably one of the coolest pieces of animation is Sailor Moon transforming. Like, it's just so nice and so pretty. Sailor Moon is pretty, y'all.
2: Have you heard?
0: I'm watching a video on YouTube right now called The Animation Process of Sailor Moon.
2: Oh, send that um, to me.
0: But it's all in Japanese.
2: Oh, I don't speak. So that I'm
0: language. just watching this guy draw pictures of magical girls.
1: Yeah, <laughs> have fun with that.
0: Okay, here's some storyboards. Oh, I'll send it to you right now.
1: I like storyboarding. That's what I want to do, and what Anna is doing. But yeah, Sailor Moon is just really nice. It's really pretty. Uh, downsides of it are you got to take it with a grain of salt because it was not. It's not the best. <laughs> But, like, the stories are fun, the villains are cheesy, like, I don't know. me and I watched it with my friend Katie the other day, and we have the new running joke that whenever there's anything new in town, it's immediately the villain, it's the bad thing. Is there a new <laughs> right, target yeah. in town? Don't go. <laughs> it's being used to suck your soul energy out of your body. But, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, so it looks like it was traditional animation, because they've got all these sheets of paper that are, like, yeah. the backgrounds and stuff. Yeah, it's all, I'm like, using.
1: hand-drawn and stuff. And that's what gives it the nice aesthetic look. Yeah, Sailor Moon is very good. Have you explored any
0: other Magical Girl animes yet? Say again? Have you explored any other Magical Girl anime?
1: Well, I grew up with Cardcaptor Sakura. Sakura.
0: What the the fuck are you talking about? What is that?
1: Have you never heard of Cardcaptor? No,
0: what do you mean you grew up with it? I grew up in the same house as you and never (laughs) fucking heard of that.
1: Well, okay, well, it's a manga that I used to check out from the library that me and my friends loved, Jackson. We had oh, different okay. childhoods. okay, you were
0: talking about a TV show. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Cardcaptor okay. Sakura is a manga about a magical girl who uses basically Pokemon cards to fight evil. And she has to, like, capture cards and stuff. So that was, like, my first introduction to Magical Girl. But Cardcaptor Sakura is heavily, heavily influenced by Sailor Moon as all Magical Girl stuff is. So, I've had a little bit of introduction to other magical girl stuff, but Sailor Moon is really, like, my first, like, I like this and I'm getting into it interaction with magical girl stuff. Right. I don't know. Anime is a weird topic to me, because as an art form, it's fine. Like, I don't know. I don't have an opinion about it as an art form. But, like, there's so many examples of anime being gross and having weird character tropes and, like, their way, their, like, design and treatment of women... That, like, good anime is good and bad anime is bad and gross and makes me uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> oh, card capture's one word. Card capture Sakura. Yeah. Where are the monsters? You said that she got. She used Pokemon cards. Yeah. And she, like, summons monsters from them? Yeah. Why aren't there. When I Google image search, there are no monsters that come up and I feel really. Well, because there, like
1: there are. Betrayed. I will pull it up.
0: Okay, good luck, because that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, here's okay. one.
1: Yeah, idiot.
0: Here's a cool one. Uh, it's
1: like wind and like water a thunder and stuff. thunder beast.
0: Oh, that looks rad.
1: Yeah, it's cool.
0: Sakura Thunder Dog? What's it called?
1: Are you talking about our mouse friend with the wings?
0: No, 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 it's like a big badass thunder dog. Maybe it's for something else. <laughs> And it just came up under the image. Maybe there.
1: that's the mouse thing's true form. I remember that being a plot point. This is good audio.
0: <laughs> the thunder cards. card. Yeah. Oh, here's a picture of the card. It's pink for some reason.
1: I found a bunch of... cards for sale, but none of the actual monsters. <laughs> Oh, dude, I would love some card capture secure cards. Are you kidding me? Anime.
0: Okay. Hey, Adeline, I need you to stall for a second while I look for a five-star review of Across what? the Universe. I say I need you to stall for a second while I find a five-star review okay. of Across is the Universe. Okay, is
1: time for Adeline's Asmer? Yeah, do it. Okay.
2: Welcome back to the Jackson has left the room, Adeline Asmer. Um, this segment will never be funny. It's just it doesn't have the legs to stand its own. It's really sad. Was it just- Oh, holy hell. Is there a a reboot of Cardcaptor Sakura? In 2017? Why did none of my fake-ass friends tell me about that? It looks really bad, but... Oh god, it looks bad. Why does all new anime have the same aesthetic? Let's just get people mad at me during the asthma. Anyway. Jackson has left the recording. So... You, you're stuck with this, listener, with me doing this. Are you happy about it? Is it funny yet? I don't feel like it's funny yet. I feel like we're going get, it's not, oh my god.
0: I really wish Jackson would come back, because this just isn't funny. Okay, you don't have to do it the whole time, there's the magic of <laughs> everything.
2: Jackson still isn't a part of the recording, and you know what that means? I'm going to cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, just going to get the scissors and <laughs> You got a lot of dandruff. <laughs> I'm just going to... Uh, my scissors are stuck, so I'm just going to... Some crazy scalp problems.
1: <laughs> Jackson, please tell me you're ready to continue. No,
0: I'm not ready. You don't have to keep doing this, you freak. <laughs> okay, here's one. Uh, Beck says I'm sorry, but this has been my all time favorite movie for the past 10 years, and I just got to see it in theaters for the first time, and I'm like so on a high. What the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. <laughs>
2: What the fuck? <laughs> uh.
0: This person was almost for sure like on mushrooms or something in the theater. <laughs> what anyway. The fuck, what the fuck?
2: What the fuck? <laughs> I'm
0: Jackson McMurray. <laughs> I'm Adeline McMurray. And this has been No Nerds laugh.